Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for Hot Copy, the vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper woman, Ann Rogers, a clever, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she uncovers many events which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Her stories, in the words of her adventurous profession, are always Hot Copy. Now, listen to today's new and exciting episode. The Corpse Was in the Kitchen. Adapted from the original script as broadcast on radio on Sunday, June 25th, Well, Chief, where's the fire? I don't understand, officer. I, I, what about a fire? Now, what do you know? You ain't the fire chief after all. What's the rush, mister? Going somewheres? I, I'm just on my way home, officer. I. It shouldn't take you very long to get there, at the rate you was traveling. Just who do you think you are? I, I'm nobody. My name is Dawson, Thomas Dawson. Thomas Dawson. Let's see your driver's license. It, yes, sir. I have it right here. Um, somewhere. Well? That is, I thought I had it. I, I must have left it in my other suit. Now, ain't you the lucky man to have two suits? Okay, Mr. Dawson, start your car. You, you mean you're going to let me go? Oh, sure thing. You and me, we're going right down to the city jail. Jail? Oh, no, officer. You don't understand. No, I've got to get home. My... Yeah, yeah. I know all about that. But it's not me. It's my wife. She's in danger, officer. Terrible danger. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Nice going, mister. I thought I heard them all. But it's the truth. Officer, you've got to believe me. My wife... Oh, sure. I understand. I do. One hundred percent. You can tell it to the judge first thing in the morning. Now just start your car and follow me. (laughs) 
It's a mess, Anne. A terrible mess. The driver said he had to get home because his wife was in danger, but the cop wouldn't listen. He thought the guy was trying to pull a fast one, so he chucked him into the jug overnight and bingo. This morning his wife is found, choked to death, laying stiffer than a herring. Good heavens, that is bad, Mike. You're telling me. It's so bad. I'll be back to pounding a beat if we don't find out who done it. Really? But... How come, Lieutenant? You're not to blame. You're in homicide. It's the traffic department that pulled the boner. I know. That's what I keep telling him down at headquarters. But this here Thomas Dawson, he says, he's going to sue the city for negligence. So the city council says the mayor has got to do something, and his honor passes the buck to the chief of police. And... The chief passes it to Inspector Collins, and the inspector passes it to you. And since I got nobody to pass it on to, there I am, right behind the eight ball. Mike, what you need is a lot of nice, dumb assistants. I got em. Dumber than you, I mean. <laughs> uh, now look here, Sprightly Pool. Please, Sprightly, stop. Can't you see that Mike is not in any mood for jokes? No, I ain't. And that is the truth. Okay, Copper, I'm sorry. I apologize. But all jokes aside, why bring your troubles to us? Annie is a newspaper writer, and this is our office that you're sitting in, not the district attorney. Well, I just thought that... Seeing as how her and me had worked so many cases together, maybe Anne and yourself wouldn't mind helping? Why, Lieutenant, you overwhelm me. Huh? I had no idea that you really valued my efforts to help you solve crimes. No, 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 just wait a minute, Miss Rogers. I ain't asking you to help me solve nothing. I can handle that myself. All opposed? Statement overruled. Oh? Then what? All I'm asking is that you, well, just sort of take it easy on the case until I get a lead to work on. You know what I mean? Not play it up too much in your column till then? Mike, you know I can't show any favoritism in my column. Oh, then you can't. Can't what? Give me a break. Mike, when you try to tell Anne what goes into that column, you'll play with dynamite. <laughs> oh, brother, she's got a better nature, but it's buried deep. Oh, I... Well, in that case, I guess I'll soon be patrolman Flanagan again. Mike Flanagan, I'm ashamed of you. Huh? What's that now, Anne? <laughs> giving up so easily, just as if you hadn't solved a few of the toughest cases this town ever saw. And, Sprightly, stop that giggling. Yes, ma'am. I'll be as quiet as a clam. Well, Anne, thanks. But I can't exactly jump with joy. After all, I've still got a choked-to-death corpse, and not even the beginnings of a clue. Nonsense! 
Didn't you say Dawson begged the cop to let him go because some danger threatened his wife? Terrible danger? Why, yeah, but hey now, that's right, ain't it? Yes, Mike, very right. Danger? Sure, but what kind of danger and from who? Anne, listen. Yes? I've got an idea. Treat it gentle. Yes, Mike? I think Thomas Dawson can tell us something that'll help us crack this case. I'm going to have a little talk with him. Fine. And Mike? Um, what about us? Oh, you can come along if you want to. Yeah, come on, the both of you. I'll show you how us cops track down a murderer. Mike, are you sure you're not lost? Lost? Who, me? <laughs> not a chance, Anne. I know this town like a book. Why do you ask? Well, it's just I've never seen this part. What Annie means is, judging from the neighborhood, the name of that book ought to be The World's Six Best Dungeons. Well, no. It ain't exactly what you might call the best section of town. But I don't think the Dawson's ever had a lot of dough. Mike, you said they both worked? That's right. Yes, I remember. His job was in a factory, and she? Working at the bubble club. She was a nice-looking girl in a flashy sort of way. What was she, Mike? Some kind of entertainer? No, just a coat check chick. I wonder if this danger that she was in might have sprang from her place of employment. As I recall, the bubble club doesn't have a very good reputation. It's one of Tony Gianelli's joints, isn't it, Mike? That's right. But no, please don't start theorizing yet, Anne. I'll get the low down on this case as soon as I see Dawson. Ah! Here we are. Go ahead, Anne. Sprightly. Thanks, Mike. Okay. This way? Yep. Now, watch them stairs. Right, thanks. Not much excitement around here, is there? Excitement? Should there be? Well, generally, when there's been a murder, you'll see people standing around, trying to see the scene of the crime. Not in this neighborhood, sweetie By Down in these parts, they don't send the kids to the movies. They give them bulletproof vests and send them out to watch the latest gang war. <laughs> oh, Sprightly. <laughs> but maybe you got something there. Yes? Who is it? Open up. It's the law. The law? All right. Just a minute. Oh, Annie, isn't it wonderful? Isn't what wonderful? All my life I've wanted to hear a policeman actually say, Open up in the name of the law. And now, Mike's done it. 
I did not say open up in the name of the law. I only said... Yes? Lieutenant Flanagan, ma'am. Homicide. Who? Lieutenant Flanagan of the city police. He ain't here. Ain't? Wait, wait a minute, lady. Don't shut that door. I'm him. Oh, faith now. And why didn't you say so? And what would you be after? I want to see Mr. Dawson. Is he in? You want to see Mr. Dawson? There has already been more than enough blue coats in this house today. Till I'm sick of the very sight of them. So get along with you now. Mrs. Lafferty, I want to see... As if there weren't enough trouble now. With poor little Mrs. Dawson, dead and gone. Never mind that. Is Mr. Dawson here? He's in. But he's busy. You don't say. He's got company. Well, no. That is very interesting. Thanks for letting us in, Mrs. Lafferty. We won't be needing you any longer. I know the way. Come on in, Anne. Sprightly. Never mind the thanks. Bad trouble to the Lodius, says I. Traipsing in and out of this house, and the grave not even dug yet, for that sweet little lamb upstairs. Up this way, Anne. Oh, she's a talker. Who is she, Mike? The landlady. Bridget Lafferty is her name. She seems to have been very fond of Mrs. Dawson. Mm-hmm. She's the one that found her, you know. Really? It must have been quite a shock. Yes, I imagine so. She's been questioned, of course, Mike. Sure. Sure, but not by me, thank heaven. Why not? What? Didn't you hear her accent? It was all the body could do to understand her. <laughs> well, for Pete's sake, listen to who's... Sprightly, Mike, shh. Okay, okay, but imagine Flanagan saying... Be quiet. Listen through the door. Those voices. Two men. Arguing. That's Dawson's apartment. That must be him and whoever is visiting with him. Genius. Sheer genius. <laughs> Sprightly, shh. Listen. There is no denying it, Gianelli. You killed Lillian. I know you did it, and I know why. Gianelli. Yes, her employer. You must be crazy, Dawson. I had no reason to kill your wife. She meant absolutely nothing to me, and she knew it. She... Oh, no? How about the East Side Warehouse? What did you say? What do you know about the East Side? Plenty, Gianelli, plenty. I know you have it jammed to the rafters with the booze you hijacked from delivery trucks. Oh, who told you that? Lillian. She also told me a lot more about you, Gianelli. A smart girl can learn lots if she's working at a joint like the Bubble Club. I told her to be careful. I knew you'd kill her if you ever found out that she... I told you. I didn't kill her, Dawson. Okay. Have it your own way, Gianelli. But the cops still might like to know. Wait a minute. I am not admitting anything. But... Yes? Where do you fit into this? Me? Yeah. What's your angle? Annie. 
feel like I'm about to sneeze. Don't you dare. Shh. I'm a reasonable man, Gianelli. You're a ghoul. However, I'm a reasonable ghoul. I loved my wife, but now she's dead. There isn't anything more that I can do for her. But this is something I can do for myself. I get it. You'll keep your mouth shut. Right. But that is for a consideration. Meaning? How much? I am a reasonable man, Gianelli. Oh, you're a blackmailer. A reasonable blackmailer. Unless you force my hand. Shall we say 50,000? 50? You're nuts. I won't pay it. No? Well then, Tony, maybe you'd rather explain to the cops where you were at about four o'clock this morning? I was, I, I was in bed, I... <laughs> you can prove that, of course. I can, I, well, as a matter of fact... As a matter of fact, you can't, because at four o'clock you were here in this apartment committing a murder. Better think it over, Tony. Fifty grand isn't very much. And it's definitely not very much for my silence. And if I do pay you the dough? I'll leave town, quietly. You'll just be wasting your dough, Tony. And don't try to reach for it. I've got you covered. See here, Lieutenant. This is all a mistake. I don't know what this is all about. Oh, no? That ain't the way it sounded from the other side of the door. Anne, there's a phone over there on that table. Call police headquarters, will you, and tell them Lieutenant Flanagan says to send the wagon right away. Sure thing, Mike. And as for you, Dawson, I seen a lot of skunks in me day, but none that stinks as much as you. Well... I got nothing to arrest you for, but if Ginelli gets sent to death row, there'll be a nice charge against you. Accessory after the fact. But listen, Lieutenant, I tell you. I wouldn't say nothing if I was you, Tony. It is my duty to warn you that anything you say may be used against you, because I'm holding you for the murder of Mrs. Dawson. Hello? Joe? Listen, this is Ann Rogers. Get this and get it right. Anne! Uh-oh. Excuse me a minute. Yes, Mike? Who the heck are you talking to? Oh, Mike, this is Joe at my newspaper. You know the old saying, business before pleasure? I have to get this story typed and get it on the wires. This is definitely hot copy. We'll return to our very intriguing episode in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. Dead Inside is a mind-bending audio drama thrill ride that follows Detective Sarah Elsher. Drop the gun, and then we'll talk. I'll do please it. Please help me. Oh, God, please. Sarah is confronted with a deadly criminal and a police-involved shooting gone wrong. I'm in foot pursuit. 
He's climbing a fire escape down the alley. She is reassigned to the cold cases unit. Cop shoots hostage? Let suspect get away? It is there she stumbles upon a deep, dark secret involving the cover-up of a homicide involving the officers she works with. Hit back. Come on. You know you want to. Let's settle this here and now. Can Sarah follow the clues and solve the case before the suspects come for her? Better to go out on your own terms, you know what I mean? Not this again. Each chapter is steeped in immersive audio, music, and sound effects that bring the world to life. Dead Inside is presented by Orsi's Audio Productions and is available on several platforms including Spotify, Anchor, and YouTube. Orsi's Theater of the Mind. And now, back to Hot Copy. Anne Rogers has just gotten a scoop with the story of the arrest of nightclub owner Tony Gianelli for the murder of Lillian Dawson. Now, in her office, she is savoring her moment of triumph. Lillian Dawson, whose body was found by the landlady of the apartment building, was killed at approximately 4 a.m., according to the coroner's verdict. Sprightly, are you listening? Sure. Go ahead, Sugar Plum. The arrest was made by Lieutenant Michael Flanagan of the police homicide squad who, along with this reporter, overheard the conversation which amounted to a confession. Mike will like that. <laughs> won't he, though? Well, he won't have to worry about being demoted now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But what do we get for all of our work? His sweet smile? Well, we just have to wait and see, I guess. Grandma to appreciate. Hello, Anne. Sprightly. Oh my gosh. Hiya, Chief. Mr. Graham, come in. Have a seat. Thanks, but I can't stay very long. Well, Anne, I see you've read the paper. Why, um, yes, I've glanced at it. I suppose you're real proud of your column today. Well, no, I wouldn't say that, Mr. Graham. But still. And... I've got a confession to make. Some people think I'm a crotchety old cuss. Not me, Chief. No, I've never thought that, Mr. Graham. When I first started syndicating your column, I was a little doubtful about the idea of letting you write crime stories. I had a crazy sort of notion you'd get things all balled up, you being more of a literary writer than a police reporter. <laughs> oh, well... You had a right to reserve judgment, Mr. Graham. And I was 100% right. Women have no more right to report crime stories than a fish can fly. What? But I... Huh? Chief, I don't... Have you seen this? Why, no! What? Just take a look at that front page headline. Gianelli? Oh, no! What's going on, Annie? What's the matter? Gianelli freed on bond. Nightclub owner establishes perfect alibi. Wait, what? 
but he said he couldn't. Tony Gianelli simply decided he'd rather face the rap for hijacking than for murder. He broke down and admitted that at four o'clock that morning, he'd been at his liquor warehouse along with a half dozen of his henchmen and his alibi is airtight. But, but, Chief, that means... I know what it means. That Gianelli didn't murder Lillian Dawson and that newspapers all over the country will be quitting our syndicated service thanks to you. But, Mr. Graham, if he didn't kill her, then who? I don't know, but it's your pigeon. Get your facts straight and get yourself out from behind the eight ball. And don't bother coming back to this office until you do. Annie, is he gone for good this time? I, I think so. Oh, now I know how a cyclone would feel if it got hit by a tornado. So, honey child, what are we going to do? I don't know what you're going to do, but first, I need to take an aspirin. And then? Yeah? And then? We are going to find out who the real murderer is. So, you don't have any idea where Mr. Dawson is, Mrs. Lafferty? That I don't, miss. Not the slightest. But surely you saw him go out. I ain't seen him go in. I ain't seen him go out. I just ain't seen him. Maybe he skipped town, Annie. No, Flanagan told him to stay. Material witness and all that. It's a sin and a shame if you ask me. All this carrying on. With that poor darling girl, stiff and white in her casket. Mrs. Lafferty... Would you be a kind soul and let us inside the Dawson apartment? We'd like a real look at the scene of the crime. Well, all right. Come on. But mind you, this is positively the last time I'll be bothered with any of this. Mrs. Lafferty, you live right downstairs. Are you sure that you didn't see or hear anything unusual in the early hours of the morning? And what would I be doing up in the early hours of the morning, pray tell? Me, being an honest woman that likes her good night's sleep. Well, I just thought I'd ask, because if you knew, it could help to figure out the exact time of the murder. The coroner said it was around 4 a.m., Annie. Yes, I know, but he had nothing much to go on, except for the degree of rigor mortis that set in. I hope that, perhaps... Well, here's the apartment... Mr. Dawson? Mr. Dawson? Like I said, he ain't here. Well, I'll get about to my own business now. If you want anything... Mrs. Lafferty, before you go, it was you that found the body, wasn't it? That's right. It was in the kitchen, correct? Right, right. Would you mind showing us the exact spot? No, of course not. Come this way. By the way, what time did you find her? It was about seven, 
maybe 7.30. Wasn't that a rather unusual time to visit a tenant's apartment? There was nothing unusual about it. She and I had been talking about some new wallpaper for her bedroom. I was mopping in the hallway and happened to notice their door was open. So I decided to drop in to see if she might like to chat for a bit. I see. And you found her in here? Right here, in this very kitchen. Heaven rest her soul. She was exactly where, Mrs. Lafferty? Right over there, miss. Laying in front of that gas stove she was. Poor little angel. In front of the gas stove? That's odd. What's odd about it, Annie? Well, it's just such a peculiar place. And when you saw her, what did you do, Mrs. Lafferty? Well, now, that I ain't too sure of. I was awful upset. I think I let loose a little scream. Yes, I understand. Did you touch anything? Do you mean her body? God forbid! Oh, my, no. I meant any, um, inanimate objects. Well, I used the telephone, of course, to call up the police. Do you remember if you touched anything else? Well, now, I was upset and beside myself. I recall closing the kitchen windows and turning off the oven. What? The oven? Why, yes. The gas stove over there. Annie, oh no. Maybe it wasn't a murder after all. No, Sprightly, that isn't what happened. The kitchen window was open, remember? Yeah, you're right. Still, it's all very strange. Why was the oven on in the first place? Why was the oven door open? Could she have been using it to dry some clothes? Some people do that. It's not safe, but people do it anyhow. Even so, if the oven had been on for a long time, wouldn't it be hot? And wouldn't the room have gotten hot also? Oh no, there would be no heat at all. You see, the oven had burnt itself out. Burned itself out? I'm sorry, I don't understand. In this apartment building, we don't supply free gas. You mean, each apartment has its own gas line? Yes, that red box on the wall behind you. That's the meter. You have a... a quarter meter? What... what's a quarter meter, Annie? Well, a lot of the old-time apartment buildings have them. You put a quarter in the slot at the top of the box, and the gas runs for a certain length of time. I don't know exactly how long, without checking. Then it cuts off. But of course you can put in more than one quarter, if you want to, depending on how long you want it to run. No. If you've asked all the questions you wanted to ask, I'll be getting back to my work now. Oh, yes, of course. Close the door carefully when you leave. But if Mr Dawson comes home, though, he is going to be awful mad. Two strange women snooping around. And that poor lamb hardly cold yet. I think she's got something there, Annie. We haven't got any right to be here, you know. So we better blow before Dawson shows up. That poor lamb. Hardly cold yet. A quarter meter. The oven turned on. A window open. What's eating you, sugar? Ideas, Sprightly. Hunches, brainstorms, and more ideas. Rigor mortis. Sprightly, I've got it. 
Huh? You've got rigor mortis. Oh, Annie, you better see a doctor. That might be serious. No, no. I mean, I've found the answer. I know who killed Lillian Dawson. I've got to call Flanagan. And quick. Hello? Police headquarters? Is Lieutenant Flanagan there? Yes? Can I speak to him, please? Thank you. Oh, good. He's there. Hello, Mike. This is Anne. I'm calling because... Hang up the phone, Miss Rogers. What? What? Uh-oh. I said hang up now. Hello? Anne? 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 He's got a gun, Annie. Yes, I see. Be careful. Okay, it's hung up. All right, that's better. I'm afraid your little conversation with the lieutenant must be indefinitely postponed, Miss Rogers. Where, where did you come from? From that very convenient clothes closet. I was there from the time you came in. Then you, then you heard. Yes. I heard Mrs. Lafferty say just enough for you to put two and two together, Miss Rogers. That was unfortunate. For you. Annie, you mean that he... he's the murderer? Yes, Brightly. Mr. Dawson killed his wife. But that's impossible. How could he be? He was in jail at four o'clock this morning. Yes, after very cleverly deciding to get himself arrested for speeding. But Lillian Dawson wasn't killed at four. She was killed around 11 or 12. Am I right, Mr. Dawson? 11.32 on the dot, Miss Rogers. But the medical examiner said... Exactly what Mr. Dawson intended for him to say. Unfortunately, the medical examiner didn't hear our conversation with Mrs. Lafferty, so he didn't realize that Lillian Dawson's body had been subjected to extreme heat for more than four hours, thereby delaying the normal process of rigor mortis for that length of time. You have a very keen brain, Miss Rogers. I almost regret the necessity of silencing you. But of course you realize that it is necessary. I realize that you will never get away with it, Dawson. The police will track you down, and when they do... That's enough, Miss Rogers. You are beginning to bore me. You women are all alike. Talk, 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 talk. Lillian was the same way. So, that's why you killed her? Among other reasons... That, and a little matter of insurance, which, unfortunately, I will now be unable to collect. Very well. If you've quite finished. Anne! Dawson! You! <coughs> Hit the floor, Sprightly! Who? Gianelli! You! 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 All right, ladies. You can get up now. Annie, he's got a gun, too. Yes, thank goodness for that. Thanks a million, Mr. Gianelli. You got here just in time. Glad to have been of service. I had a little score to settle with that rat. Is he? I hope so. I'll check. No, just my luck. He's still breathing.
How did you happen to be here? I've been hunting for Dawson all afternoon. One of my boys called me a little while ago and told me that two pretty girls had just gone into his apartment. I figured they wouldn't be visiting there unless there was someone there to visit. Ah, <sighs> The logic was wrong. But who am I to argue against the results? <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Yes, thank you again. Don't mention it. And, um, I assume you'll back my statement to the police that I had to shoot in self-defense? You bet. Self-defense. And defense of us. Brother, anything you want to say is okay with Sprightly Pool. <laughs> that goes double in spades with me, Tony. And I hope they go easy on you with that hijacking rap after they hear our story. Thanks, Miss Rogers. Story. Story? Oh my gosh! What now, Annie? Do you need to call Flanagan? No, sweetheart. Not Flanagan. Graham. I'm going to dictate this story to the old man himself, on one condition. Oh yeah? What's that? That he says please between sentences and pretty please between paragraphs. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope that you enjoyed our recreation of The Corpse Was in the Kitchen. A lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on Sunday, June 25th, 1944. Our cast on this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Anne Rogers, Samantha Thompson as Sprightly Poole, Jerry Kokich as Lieutenant Mike Flanagan and also Editor Graham, Christian Newhouse as Thomas Dawson, Fiona Cleary as Mrs. Bridget Lafferty. Patrick Broncato as Tony Gianelli. Stephen Fisher as the traffic officer. Graham Stevenson and Josh Kester provided special audio assistance. All sound effects are from freesound.org. And, finally, yours truly, Logan Smith, is your announcer. This episode was adapted from the original script written by Nelson S. Bond. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, then give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. And... If your favorite streaming service carries this show and allows you to give a rating, please be sure to rate us there also. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow this show on Twitter as at hotcopyradio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater.